From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. Today's topic is the new South Campus Union and the amazing amount of technology that goes into making a modern-day center for students. Joining us, everybody here at Union South, along with our regular geeks, Ty Christian, Jesse the Crew, and Adam Wiesenfart. And now, broadcasting live from the new Union South on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org. Please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the new Union South. Welcome to Do It Live. It's the most connected radio show on the planet, live at Union South right now. I'm Ty Christian, your host. Along with Adam Wiesenfarth, your hey, sir. host. How you doing? It's a, it's a host party. And then uh, Jesse LeGrew, the other host. There's so many hosts. It's like a host of hosts. That's Jesse LeGrew. <laughs> so we're here to talk tech today. Talk tech to everybody that's here in the Union South. So if you want to talk tech, stop by the booth. Stop on by. Ask us a question. Or maybe we'll just talk about the new cool stuff that we see here at Union South, of which there are many, 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 many different things. Isn't that right, Adam? You betcha, Ty. There's lots of great stuff here. We got technology abounding everywhere. Uh, we're sitting here in the atrium. I see lovely speakers. I see a whole bank of lovely kiosks. I see my lovely co-hosts. Yeah. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> oh, just awesome. I He's know. doing dandy. We're, we're all ducky today. Well, see, I'm actually... Uh it's not just the technology here, but one technology is bringing in a scent that I think everyone in the building can smell. What Popcorn. Is Popcorn. Yeah, that's an old technology <laughs> of, uh, you know, I, I, wanna, I would like to meet, there's some, there's some foods that you just want to meet the guy that invented that. Well, see, I was you considering know? the movie theater, but, you know. Oh, okay. Because you know, the movie <laughs> theater brought the popcorn. There's, there's some uh, you, So movies came before popcorn? I think that's factually incorrect. Well, no, but forget it. <laughs> there's there's some lovely cheese curds here too. I don't know if you guys like cheese curds at all. What was the technology that came before cheese curds? Just it, straight up cheese. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so yeah, so the movie theater here is actually a full digital LED projector. Is that right, Adam? Is full? Well, I know it's fully digital. It is fully digital. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's not. I don't know if it's LED. I know they do have several lamps in there. They are interchangeable. Oh. So, so if you, you if you need a special lamp to get the special look that you're going for, yeah, if, you're doing that. Well, it's, it's so bright because the, the room, it seats about 350 people, and it's just a great movie theater, and it's they have it for redundancy more than anything. That's a lot more than, you know, well, the Memorial Union, they have a movie theater uh, of sorts, but I mean, I don't know how many of that can fit, maybe 100 at most, but yeah. 350, that's going to be awesome. Tonight at, at midnight, they're showing Tron. Tonight is, a well, here it's Friday, April 15th. That's right. Yeah, but they're showing Tron tonight at midnight. Yeah, it, is, it is opening day right here at Union South. Hope everybody's having a good time. Uh, it's, it's flooded with people, and we're here to answer all of your technology questions. Uh, not that anybody's going to come by. But if you do want to come <laughs> by, you can stump the geeks. You can ask us all, uh, all about what's going on with the, the new technology here at Union South. That's right. We and know all. We see all. Our cub reporter, Alan DeWitt, is also out looking around to see if he can find ourselves some some great new things that are available here. But first, uh, as always, with our lovely little radio show, we like to start off with some news. And then Jesse doesn't have any news, but we're, we're still going to do some news here. Hopefully. With yeah, the there, news. There, there's some news. So one of the amazing news is, news is, that's a new word, uh, that came out recently 
is wireless devices are set to break one billion, the one billion barrier in 2011. There's going to be what? one billion with a B. So this is wireless. devices that are, are using your typical wireless LAN kind of thing? That's right, that's right. Yeah, so anything and there will be a billion Wi-Fi, any of that sort of thing. There's plenty of Wi-Fi here. I know there's literally dozens of access points yeah. throughout the building. I was running up, you know, all the way through the building today, first floor down, or uh, fourth floor down to the basement, and you know, trying to get my iPod to go out of signal. It would not. It would not. Ironically, I, though, cell phone service is not that good. Really? In certain spaces in this building. Is your is your cell phone? Well, what kind of cell phone do you have? Well, here? I have Verizon, but uh, I think it's more of an AT&T problem. I don't know. Have you had any problems, Jesse, at all with the cell phone service here? Have you tried to use your cell phone yet? No, I was too enthralled with the building itself. <laughs> you weren't you weren't on the phone calling people, be like, dude, you gotta check out this new Union South. It's so cool. And then you got cut off. And then you're like, AT&T. Anyhow, so, so we have uh, a little bit more news as well. I wanted to just celebrate the fact that 35 years ago this month, Apple actually became a company and started working on the Apple One. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of the Apple One machine. The Apple One. Yeah. Well, I assume there would have to be an Apple One before the Apple IIe. Yeah. It, it was in a wood case. Uh, it, it's pretty amazingly vintage if you end up looking at one. And some people have done some really funny things with the cases <laughs> over time and modded them out. But it, it was really started literally in a garage. In Was it in Palo Alto, I believe? And Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak pretty much founded the company and then started selling their wares at local user conventions. I hate to be the guy you know, that Steve Jobs approached, like, dude, dude, I just need 20 bucks and seriously, I'll give you a share of this company. We just need, and they're like, no, dude, I gotta buy this eight track of the doors. Can't do it. Can't do it. I don't know. Was eight tracks of the doors 20 bucks? Probably not. Probably more like three or four so at that it, point. It was 35 years ago. Uh, so what is that? That's 1976. Huh. 70, oh, 76. Back in the day. Back in the freedom died. of 76. But anyway, we're not here to talk news about Apple. We're here to talk about all of the great stuff that's in Union South. And we went on a tour a little earlier with John Staley. And we he, did. he's got some great things to tell us. Joining us here in the Info Lounge at the brand new Union South, John Staley. John, thanks for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about the Info Lounge and a little bit about the technology in here. The Info Lounge is pretty much a, a computer lab at heart. But uh, it has some uh, interesting uh, new things that we uh, don't have in a number of the labs on campus. Uh, in terms of the, the, the basics of a, of a computer lab, it has roughly two dozen uh, dual boot iMac computers. It has a nice workspace for each individual. Uh, we have uh, different types of uh, surfaces here. There's a s large round table where six people can work. There are uh, individual workstations. There's a couple of stand-up workstations. Uh, we also have the standard uh, black and white and color printing and, uh, and document scanning. But in addition to that, we have two very large screen LG flat panel plasma monitors. These are huge. How big are they? I think these are 55, but I, I, I don't quote me on that. These are powered by a, a couple of uh, uh, Apple Mac Minis. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, things like Wii's and uh, other electronic devices, uh, uh, Xbox, could be uh, attached to these uh, for a gaming night or whatever. Uh, the intent of these is, is for people to be able to work on uh, presentations or group projects or that kind of thing. But it, it also could be used for uh, more fun endeavors, such as uh, competitive gaming. So, so I see the... Uh we have some 
plugs, it looks like, on the wall. Is that where people actually plug in whatever devices they have to put it on the 55-inch display? Uh, yes, that's correct. And uh, that would be with the assistance of the, of the staff here. There'll be someone here full-time staffing the facility uh, because uh, in the near future, we will also have laptops and potentially other equipment for loan coming out of this location. Okay. So if somebody did want to use one of these, they'd have to go to whoever was staffing the desk at the time and uh, just ask about That's it? That's correct. They asked for assistance uh, because uh, one of the things that we're doing here is uh, uh, with the Mac Minis, we'll have a wireless keyboard and mouse uh, that they can check out with their ID. Are there any adaptive technologies you've built in to accommodate folks who have special needs? Uh, we don't have any anything here specific to that other than what we have in all of the all of the infolabs which includes uh, screen magnification software jaws kurzweil a couple of other things like that and in terms of accommodating uh, uh, wheelchair users these uh, workstations are set up so that a staff member simply has to remove the chair and a, and a wheelchair will pull right up so I see that we're sitting in some fairly lush seating you're also looking to accommodate folks who bring their own laptop in, as well as providing a place for students to come and use your computers as well. That's correct. We didn't have a lot of space here. Uh, actually, this lab is slightly smaller than the lab in the old Union South. Which it, was in the basement originally. Correct. It was, uh, it was down in that, that very visible atrium space in the, in the middle of the old Union. But we have roughly the same number of computers, and uh, the lounge, we have some small amount of lounge seating primarily in front of the uh, large screens, TVs, and then uh, also along the windows, um, which look out on the uh, computer science building. The lovely uh, and the lovely view of the computer science building. Yes, the lovely view of the computer science building. <laughs> but actually, uh, I, I'm happy to have a, a space where we do have windows. It's, uh, it's uh, east-facing, so we get a little bit of morning sun in here. The, uh, the computer lounge, or the info lounge, will be open uh, any time that the union is open to the public, and uh, it's it's free for use by anyone with a valid UW-Madison ID. We're looking forward to seeing the students come and use uh, use this space and uh, however they feel most appropriate. So the, where uh, is the where is the InfoLab exactly? Yeah, the new Info Lounge is located on the second floor of the uh, of the new Union, and uh, uh, it's right down the hall from the from the new theater, which is a pretty cool. Uh, place also. Digital projection and all that sort of fun stuff yep, too. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So now we're in the first floor, uh, closer to one of the end sides here in, in the new Union South, and we're looking at a special table. Can you tell us some a little bit about this uh, about this table that we're looking at right now? Yeah, this is a product by uh, Steelcase, and it's called Mediascape. And uh, essentially what it is, it's, it's a, a, a large screen monitor, in this case a 42-inch. It's mounted on a, a sort of a horseshoe-shaped table. And contained within the, the table are electronics that allow you to connect up to six laptops to, uh, to the uh, system simultaneously. And uh, by simply pushing uh, what this uh, a little looks, looks like a hockey puck, uh, you push the top of the hockey puck and, and that uh, selects the uh, laptop that you're connected to that you, uh, to display on the screen. You can have, like I said, up to six devices connected, and uh, whichever one uh, you select will, will display on the screen. And gathered around that is a lounge seating group that will accommodate uh, up to six, maybe as many as, as eight people. And then behind it are, are stool height uh, 
benches with uh, with with six seats. Uh, so you could you could easily put 12 people around this monitor to do a, a group activity, whatever that might be, whether it's gaming or whether it's uh, some sort of a presentation or whether it's even a small class. Uh, uh, this is something that uh, the Division of Information Technology provided for the union as uh, something to experiment with in, in this new space and, and see how students and others would use it. Are you able to uh, display multiple laptops at the same time on that screen or only one at a time? No, uh, this system currently is configured only to uh, display one laptop at a time. However, with multiple monitors, uh, we could display uh, multiple images simultaneously. Right now the space is, is just set up uh, 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 as an impromptu space, first come, first served. There will, there will be uh, technical support for it uh, available uh, out of the InfoLab, but, uh, or rather out of the Info Lounge on second floor, but it's, it's such, the technology is so simple to use that uh, pretty much you just come in and you plug in your laptop and and you may have to uh, change the res screen resolution, particularly on an on a, on a, um, Apple computer. Uh, but other than that, it, uh, it pops right up. Does it come with all the cables you need to plug everything in, or are people going to need to worry about bringing their own adapters or cables? Uh, again, Apple users will probably need to bring uh, an adapter for the hookup. But uh, or, or if you've got a brand new Dell, too, you might have to get an adapter Yeah, that's right, well. and the brand new Dells. They're also available, of course, at the Do a Tech store for a modest fee. <laughs> so I've seen around the New Union South a bunch of brand new Mac kiosks. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, the iMac kiosk that we have at Union South, and there are 10 of them. Uh, eight are, are set up for uh, walk-up uh, height, and then two of them are for uh, uh, ADA accessibility. They're typical of the standard kiosks that you see across campus, uh, with the exception of the fact that these are brand new iMacs. The uh, other uh, difference in these is that uh, they require you to use your NetID uh, login to a uh, access them. So you have to be affiliated with the university in some way to access these That's kiosks. correct. You do need to be affiliated with the university in some way. Um, our guests can uh, get access by going to uh, uh, the uh, service desk at the union and requesting a guest net ID. If you have a uh, UW net ID already, then uh, you're all set to go. Cool. John Staley, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us. Absolutely my pleasure. Glad to be here. All right, we're going to take us a quick little break. We'll be right back with more Do It Live. Face to be 
Welcome back to Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet, here at the brand new Union South, the most beautiful building I've ever been in, or been next to, as it's been built. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Here. Yeah. So It makes your eyes cry with happiness. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so if you're, if you're in here in the crowd, come on by. Feel free to ask us a tech question. We're yeah. here to play Stump the Geeks all day today. We've got microphones just here for you. And uh, If anybody's got a tech question out there that they think they can stump the geek, you must, stump you might, the geeks from Do It Live, come on by, ask us a question. You might win yourself a gift card for some place that we have sells a gift card. caffeinated beverages. Anybody with a question about technology, step on by. Try to stump us. See if you can stump us. So, I don't know, did you guys go into any of the meeting rooms here at Union South at all? I did. And they're all fully equipped with everything, projectors and a full multimedia touchscreen system, all that stuff. A couple of them even have that, you know, the, the, the strange looking black boxes in the corner that control everything, you know, with all the beeps and boops inside of them. <laughs> I, so, you know, it's almost kind of like the monolith in, uh, in tw 2001. I don't want you to unplug me, Dave. <laughs> I wouldn't, un yeah, I wouldn't unplug that guy at all. Talking computer? Oh, uh, boy, oh, boy. Would you unplug the talking computer, Jesse? Uh, well, yeah. Not, not <laughs> if he knew it was good for him. But, you know, a lot of the, the, the place just looks very, you know, new and very, very awesome. One of the things that I like about the new Union South is there's a lot of, it's expanded. I, I was in the old Union South, and you know, I like the place, but one of the things that I didn't like about it is there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of open space. There was a lot of air space. And not to say that there's not a lot of airspace here, but there's a lot of different rooms. It's expanded. So I could definitely see this being a place where a lot of the different uh, clubs on campus, could, on campus could just come, use the rooms, a lot of meeting rooms. And they've got you know, these, these amazing new technologies where you can just sit down at this huge table, kind of a horseshoe-type table that John was talking about, plug your, uh, plug your computers into there, and then boom, just do collaboration, digital collaboration. And, and that's one of the things is that the union is really designed to be, ultimately this building was really built with the students in mind and they're trying to accommodate all of the needs that your modern day student has and a lot of that centers around technology so they've really tried to infuse technology in every part of this building. That's true. Not just technology but food. <laughs> oh. Tasty, tasty food. Yeah, there's food several restaurants. The, uh, the ice cream, the Daily Scoop is not far away from us, so if anybody wants to bring us some ice cream, we'll totally take it. I'm going to be obese, I swear, by the end of this, by the end of this semester, I will just be Urban obese. Urban Slice is right over here. They've got some great hand-tossed pizza. They actually toss the dough here in-house. And if you haven't been in Varsity Hall yet, you should definitely check that out. Huge, gigantic space. And tonight, uh, the amazing Of Montreal is going to be playing. Opening with, night. Uh, with a very talented opening band. All right. Hey. Just joining us right here in the studio, we have our on-the-scene recorder, Mr. <laughs> Alan DeWitt. Alan <laughs> DeWitt speaking in. Hey. On the scene. Yes, thank you. How you doing, sir? I'm very good. It's a great space here. Thank you. So what, what did you find? What are some of the cool things that are technology-related that you found Well, there here? are a lot of cool things here, period. But from a technological standpoint, yeah. I'd have to begin with the marquee upstairs, the movie The theater. marquee. Yes, the marquee of the Bra sod. Brand new state-of-the-art, 350-seat yeah. digital yes. and analog movie theater. And since it's 350, that means they can get sneak previews. They have enough seats in there. Wow. To actually do that. Sneak previews. Yeah. I'm also glad to have a theater where I can get some beer with. Ooh, what? You can get beer there? No there, way. There, I don't know. there are lots of, in addition to dining options, there are lots of great drinking oh, options. Oh, here. man. Yeah, drink before, maybe after, but yeah, that would be nice. Before and after, probably. Maybe during, I don't know. 
And we're, of course, by drinks, we're talking about flavored Kool-Aid. So be mm. beautiful, gorgeous screen, great yes. theater oh, seating, stadium beautiful seating. Beautiful and really comfortable seats, actually. I was snuck in there. Probably shouldn't have. But. And they're, they're doing a, a screening at 7 p.m. of, wait, what is, what's the screening tonight? Um, was it, it's it, the it? Social Network. Social oh, Network. Right, yeah. And tonight. they're also doing 127 hours in Tron. Tron tonight. <laughs> Later on tonight. Ooh, tonight Tron. is the first Tron from 1982. And no. tomorrow night at midnight is this is Tron 2. Oh my god. You know what? Tron, the first Tron, yes. like seriously, I grew up with that and that is one of my favorite movies it's a of wonderful all movie. time. Interesting it's, side note, almost no computers were used in that movie. You know what? I I actually heard that um, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I actually heard that Tron was uh, up for like a Oscar when it came out for art, you know, oh, for really? art and stuff like that. But the Oscar committee denied them the Oscar because because, because they used computers in creating the art. <laughs> and now you have a, you know, now you have an entire, you know, yeah. thing on, on the Oscars for best computer art or whatever that whatever it is. Yeah, but since they use computers, it's not, it's not real. It's not real movie. Well, that's just silly. It's fake movie, yeah. right? They've also got some really good computer labs upstairs as well. Yeah, so the you info went, lounge. went to the info yeah. lounge. Yeah. Yeah, they're really nice looking, too, and really nice spaces with actual sunlight so you can use your computer. Yeah, John was commenting on how, ha how they had Windows up there, which is really nice. Awesome. It's you mean Windows the operating system or Windows the actual window? <laughs> They've got both. <laughs> yes! You have your choice. Dual Windows. <laughs> um, but, I mean, a lot of the really cool stuff here is independent of whether or not it's technological or not. Right, so what, what else? What, what, what else is on your non-tech uh, well, highlight list? I, well, I love the, the restaurants, the choices there. Because you've got the Pan-Asian, you've got the sandwich place, you've got the pizza urban Italian place. Yeah. I mean, and... Again, drinking the Prairie Fire Lounge, ah. which is a with, coffee with. and wine bar, yeah, which is really nice. Yeah, and you'll just be able to get you know a mixture of what you want, and they've got some really nice seating spaces there too. I see. Sure. I, see. I'm, I am really looking forward to coming over here and studying. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. And and there's also a wine bar. Wine bar, that's part of the Prairie tasty Fire. Wine bar. Wine tasty, bar. tasty. <laughs> and actually, speaking of toasty, it's right next to an actual fireplace. Really? But thankfully, it's behind glass, so you can't accidentally. Yeah, that's that's there's else. also right, just mere feet away from us, also another gorgeous fireplace right here in the center hall. Uh, With the, the, su the sun garden here. The sun garden. Which is where we beautiful, are. We're here at the beautiful New Union South. And, the two uh, feet tall live sun with, garden. The, with all these people in the background that you can definitely hear. You know. <laughs> they love it. They yeah, love they're it. like, oh my god, do oh, no, it's, it's so, so cool, wonderful. So cool. <laughs> we are not. Also, up by the computer labs, they've got these gigantic plasma TVs that look like you can hook your TV, right. your computer into. Yeah, yes, I think they were like, can. like so you can work on five inch or six yeah, so inch. You can like work on a big project with other people. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That'll be pretty sweet. Or, by, or if by working on a project with other people, you mean plugging in your Xbox and playing Halo. I, that, I, I would that, agree with that. that you could work weekend. on a project. If you want to work on your hand-eye coordination, you know, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Maybe you're doing a study on uh, fragging newbies. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, right. I, that's, I could see many classes in which you could pretend that was for that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's very good. All right, we're going to take us a quick little break. We'll be right back with more Do It Live.
If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have held four generations of photographs. I display ten cuckoo clocks, all set to the wrong time. I have had dishes thrown at me. I have been drawn on, cleaned, drawn on, cleaned, drawn on. I have caused the gradual decline of a child's IQ. I have given a four-year-old a speech impediment. I am the reason a first grader constantly yells out. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over one million children. If your home was built before 1978, your family could be at risk. Let's make all kids lead-free kids. Log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LED. I am the root of a child's violent behavior. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning. EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. What are you doing? You're thirsty. What are you doing? You're thirsty. I don't know. What do you do when you're thirsty? I drink liquid. <laughs> and welcome back to Do It Live, right here at Union South. Got uh, Ty and Jesse here. Hey, what's up? Not too much. So. Uh, we need a little bit more up-to-the-minute news here, Mr. Jesse. What's going on today in, in tech news? Well, this probably isn't too new, but apparently the iPhone 5 is uh, possibly going to debut in September. Oh, really? Yep. See, last last time that Teresa was in, she said that it wasn't, that it was getting pull, pushed well, off for a while. No, they said, I mean, well, it, originally it was supposed to be June, and I was all happy, and that got moved back to August, and I was sad, and now it's September, and I'm I'm sadder. <laughs> I'm much, much, much more sadder Yes. He's, he's more sadder, and and uh, do they uh, all the same features still in there, Jesse? As far as we know, like with um, the, the the touch to pay thing, which was sort of the big new addition. There was no new uh, specific news that I could find about that. Um, there is an iOS update this summer. Um, not sure how that's going to affect the current or the new device, but okay, well, that's good to know. So anyway, we uh, we're talking about the Engineering Expo, and we wanted to bring in one of our producers, Miss Sandy Cyberlick. Hey, Sandy, how's it going? Good afternoon. Hi. So, Sandy, can you tell us a little bit about the Engineering Expo for folks who may not know about that? The Engineering Expo is a three-day event, and it's held every two years on the University of Wisconsin-Madison's College of Engineering campus. It's run entirely by students, and it brings over 10,000 visitors to campus biennially. So they had over 60 exhibits this year that I saw. They did, and they are actually exhibits that are created by students and one of the days is for middle school students. That would be the Thursday. Friday is for high school students, and Saturday and Sunday are generally open to the general public. That's cool. And it's free to faculty and staff, even though it may be over by the time this hits the air. Right. So what can happen now is if you go to their website, you can, if you're a student, you can volunteer to be on the committee two years from now, and they're at engineeringexpo.wisc.edu. Yeah, so let's hear a little bit more about what you guys found over there. So we're, the, we're with a technology program called Do It Live. We're on WSUM every Thursday, and we talk about tech. And right now we're in front of the BadgerBots uh, area here at the Engineering Expo. Can you tell us a little bit about BadgerBots? BadgerBots is a high school uh, robotics program. It started in 2004. We, uh, we're a year-round program, but we, uh, our season goes from January, January through uh, March. Um, First weekend of January, we get a kit of parts, 
no directions, and we have to build a robot about the size of a riding lawnmower. Wow, no directions at all. No directions. So you just kind of figure it out as you go. Do you have any, um, when you make the robots, do you just make whatever you want, or do you, does well, it you have to serve a purpose? Well, you know the game. They show you the game when you pick up the ro when you pick up the kit of parts, but that's all you know is what the game is. So the robot has to perform certain functions. So what was the game this year? It was a tic-tac-toe game oh. with um, inner tubes like you wear in uh, swimming. And the robot had to pick up those inner tubes and hang them up on a pegboard. And then, at the last 15 seconds, um, it um, deployed a mini-robot that climbed a pole. Oh, wow. And it got 30 points um, if you hit the uh, top of the pole. <laughs> and our robot did, our mini-robot, our big robot did really well, but our mini-robot was spectacular. Oh, awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Okay. And uh, so what else... Uh, Oh, I think we did. We got we got your name, right? No? Yeah, we just need you to say your name. And what Maggie is your, Peterman. Oh, say it one more time. Maggie Peterman, and I'm the regional director for the state of Wisconsin uh, FIRST programs and a volunteer in the BadgerBots program for six years. Thank you. And you are? My name is Donna Bambro, and um, I've been involved in the BadgerBot program for probably six years now. My, uh, my daughter and son started um, the program, the Lego League program, which is for kids from fourth grade to eighth grade. So um, they joined the team, and, uh, went to state. Oh, wow. Um, so Ben is actually talking about uh, that program over there. Basically, it's um, a table top of uh, Lego pieces and a little robot that they have to program in order to do certain things on the table. So what sort of skills are you trying to, uh, you know, uh, impart to the, the students that are, uh, that are working on these, pro on these programs, on these projects? Engineering, science, math, um, teamwork, technology, um, working together, team building. Um, but it's not only for the, the math and the engineering students, but it's also for marketing and advertising or mm -hmm. business people. There's a job in the club for anyone that wants to participate. And how big are the teams usually? Um, the teams range. Um, our team this year was 25, about 25 oh, so it's students. pretty big. Yep, and um, they can go as high as they want. I mean, there's no limit. Sure. Um, some of the uh, teams actually work out of the high schools. We actually um, are a combined uh, team from high schools around the area. So what is the website? Uh, www.badgerbots.org. So cool. Well, thanks very much for talking to us today. Thank you very much. <laughs> so tell us your name, please. Uh, Cole Christensen. All right. So uh, well, I'm Ty Christian. So you know you're probably the son of one of my ancestors. Uh, most likely. There we go. So cousins. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. So tell us about your exhibit here and what what you're trying to show. All right. Um, right here we have a groundwater model and so um, you have uh, different wells drilled into the ground and so what I'm seeing here is kind of like a two, sh two sheets of uh, plexiglass here and a bunch of a bunch of sand and and real long kind of holes drilled in there to represent the wells right correct okay kind of like an ant farm yeah exactly it does yeah. a lot of, right. a lot of students come in and ask is this an ant farm well kind of <laughs> is this an ant farm well ah, there you go All right, great segue so. right um, it could be either one. It could be a monitoring well or, you know, this could be somebody's well in their backyard. 
um, which is important when we're looking at contaminant flow through the groundwater. Um, say you have a leaking um, gasoline tank or you have, um, say, you, you know, somebody's dumping chemicals in their backyard. Mm -hmm. You see that not only um, is the immediate area affected by the contaminant, but because of groundwater flow, um, the contaminant is going to flow into somebody else's well oh. and affect their drinking water. And it's also going to flow into waterways. You know, it's going to flow into your rivers and affect, um, you know, your fish population and things like that. So for all of you who, who can't exactly see what we're looking at right now, basically he's poured some green dye into one well, and we're watching it actually flow through the soil into multiple different wells of multiple different depths and also uh, what looks to be a river on the end there. We can see it coming out pretty easy there. Is that, would that be an accurate description that, of it? Perfect. Cool. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, what do you what do you do if you got contaminant in there? Pump uh, it out, or I mean, how how do how you know how do you get rid of it? It's a very good question. Um, it really depends on a lot of different factors. Um, what the contaminant is, and what the makeup of you know of your sediment is. One way you can do it is drill a well um, adjacent to the contaminant, and you can pump water out and try to remove um, the contaminant that way. Mm -hmm. Or um, you can just excavate and dig out the contaminated area. You can insert a wall underground and try to just prevent flow from moving this way. Um, but the excavation and um, you know putting that underground wall very expensive. So sure, um, sure. Different ways you can do it depending on different contaminants and different sediments. What do you think is the most technologically interesting way to do it? <laughs> technologically interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, it's. Yeah. This Nanobots? Right, yes, right. Nanobots. of course. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of this is old school, kind of old school tech. Yeah, you know? it's, I mean, it's pretty simple concepts and, um, you know, just kind of got to get dirty and dig it out. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You guys want to grab it? Be the spokesperson? All right, so what, what exactly are you exhibiting here? Uh, we're exhibiting the engineering fountain. And we're exhibiting the various ways that to control it. Really, it's a feature of all things computer engineering, integrating the hardware and software world. And what's your name? My name is Eric Harris. Okay. And I see there's a lot of blinky lights at your exhibit, which always pulls me towards exhibits. So what are these blinky lights showing here? Uh, here we have a model of the fountain. And the lights, uh, the lights are an emulator of the fountain because we program it all year round, but we can't program a water fountain in the winter because it, the water freezes. Mm -hmm. So the the lights are emulating what's on the fountain. Oh, and I see some pressure pads down in front here. What are those all about? Uh, the pressure pads give Expo visitors the ability to jump on a sensor and control the fountain. So, the, so these kids that are jumping on this here are actually controlling the fountain in real time right now. They are. The one laying down on all the jump pads is controlling the fountain. That's why it's a huge uh, splash everywhere right now. Right? Yes. All right, cool. And what kind of technology do you have to use to, to program something like this? Um, it's a chain of lots of technology. Uh, so the kids are jumping on a pad, which is controlled by an Arduino, which is a microcontroller that we programmed. That sends serial to my laptop, which then sends a packet wirelessly to a C-sharp server, a .NET server, yep. which then uh, does some priority encoding, determines who's controlling the fountain and how to respond. That sends a UDP packet to uh, the fountain controller, which is a National Instruments Compact Rio computer. And that essentially just takes a packet, 
parses it out, and then turns on and off the valves. So a lot of steps in just turning on water in, yes. a, in an engineering fountain. Yes. That's pretty interesting and pretty amazing. Thanks very much for talking to us Thank today. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, I got to try this now. Thank you. Ha <laughs> Take that, fountain. Oh, wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, you should try to see how much of it you can get to turn on at once. That one is quiet. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, you guys. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, that was for the car. Oh, look at all the electronics and... Wow. Wisconsin Hybrid Vehicle Team. By the way, it says high voltage, always energized, so don't touch it. Yeah. So, actually, uh, what, what, what was your name? Uh, my name's Drew. Oh. My name's Drew. And can you explain a little bit about this hybrid vehicle? Yes, uh, it's a series parallel hybrid that we've built. Uh, the vehicle was donated and we ripped out basically the entire drivetrain system that was in the vehicle. Uh, up front, there's a two-cylinder, 750cc, four-stroke engine out of a snowmobile. That's mated to a uh, five-speed manual transmission that we've automated with ball screw actuators. And then also mated to that is a Delphi DU-174 electric motor. Uh, that's all connected via a belt drive and a centrifugal clutch. And with this system, we can use either the engine or the electric motor to power the front wheels, or we can use the engine to spin the motor and uh, get our gen set to replenish the state of charge on the high voltage battery. And then additionally, there's another electric motor that powers the rear wheels, so it's an all-wheel drive vehicle. So this charges the battery? Right, the well. front uh, up yeah. with the... Uh, E85 engine and electric motor up there. So theoretically, could you keep on going forever without needing well, a Well, no, recharge? you still need ethanol for oh. the to run the engine. But we do get an EV range only, where uh, we can run using only electric power. And then once the state of charge is depleted on the battery, that's when we'd start up the engine and try and recharge. So how would this um, compare to any um, electric vehicle or other hybrid you might see around? Uh, the layout's actually very similar to the Chevy Volt in terms of you have an EV range and then you have an internal combustion engine that's basically just there for regen. But if you need to, you can also use that to power the front wheels of the vehicle. Uh, one of the differences is the Volt's only front wheel drive. We are all wheel drive with this vehicle. So how long did it take you to construct this? Uh, this is the second year that we've been building the vehicle. And then prior to that, there's one year that was all design work and simulation. Okay. So do you, do you keep on tweaking the existing design, or do you go from yeah. scratch every year? It's continuous improvements. Okay. So we're using a new electric motor in the rear this year, and we switched out the clutch up front from being a one-way clutch to a centrifugal clutch this year. So if you could say there was a significant improvement from year to year, uh, what was it? What was the uh, the thing you added or changed to make the, the vehicle better? Uh, definitely the electric motor this year powering the rear is a large improvement. Uh, also, switching out the clutch helped us because we were able to start the engine, have it idle, and be disconnected from the rest of the drivetrain. So if there's an error in the controls code and the engine starts when it's not supposed to, it's fine, it just sits there. And then as we build the revs and the clutch engages, uh, there's less shock loading on the belt that connects uh, those components, so it's easier on them. So uh, how many miles per gallon does this thing get? Uh, 
we say 40. I know the poster says 29.35. That's a very conservative estimate based on uh, the modeling that we've done. And then that's gasoline equivalent also because we run ethanol and not gasoline in the vehicle. And uh, does it, uh, is there, uh, you know, I'm just kind of trying to explain this for the radio listeners here. Is there a way that you can, I mean, do you, do you plug it yep, in? It's a plug-in It's vehicle. a plug-in. Okay. So uh, at night, right now we have the side panels out, but there is a charge port that would be over there uh, okay. where you can plug in the vehicle and you recharge the battery so powered say, off the grid. Say I bought this vehicle. I really like to, you know, pump my P. Diddy music all the way to 10. Right. And I need to go, you know, I need to go to Eau Claire. Right. Would I be able to make it on one, one full charge all the way to Eau Claire? Like three uh, hours with, uh, you know. Rap music blasting? Yeah, as long as you had ethanol in the fuel tank, yeah. Okay. You could do that. And then say I got to a Claire and it would just kind of, you know, died on me. How long would it take to charge it back up so I could get, say, all the way to Superior? Uh, to get a full charge on the battery takes about four hours. Four hours, okay. So you have to stop into a diner and kind of chill out for, for a bit. Right. right, but if you want, you can just run the uh, engine and you can still drive. Sure, sure, so sure. So if when you take the engine into consideration, then your range is only limited by the size of the fuel tank. Okay, okay. Cool. Well, thanks very much for talking yep. to us. Thanks. Thank and we're back on Do It Live. So what did you guys go see while in my absence? Yeah, I've been looking around. The pizza here is very good, by the way. Ooh. Mm. Really long lines, as you might expect on the opening well, day. Well, it's opening, yeah. Opening no, day. totally understandable. No. no. Everyone here has been extremely helpful and very friendly. They want you to like this place. <laughs> Which is a nice change of pace. So they, like, they like me. They really like me. Please. They want you to come and love them. Please come here often. <laughs> yeah. No. Have you guys been down, downstairs to the set yet? Oh, well, the set oh. is a multi-level complex. It is. Oh, thank you. you. I've been in the first floor set and a second floor set, but I have not been in the downstairs. In the set. downstairs of set is where the bowling alley oh. and Ooh. the wonderfully beautiful billiards are. The billiards. The billiards, tables are. They actually have a uh, DJ Crow's Nest in the set. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's pretty that cool. It would be really cool with inputs to be able to feed turntablists. Oh, that's going to be awesome. They're having stuff. comedians in here at 7 p.m. at the set. So you can do all the wicka, wicka, wicka. Wah, live wah. bands will also be happening, too. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for coming here and, and hanging out with us here at, at the New Union South. Thank you, Adam. It's been a lot of fun. Over so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we, we've got so many things to do. But anyhow, it's has been Do It Live. We hope you enjoyed it. Well, we've had a great time here at Union South. Thanks so much for everybody who came on by and at least glanced our way. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, indeed. And we have some folks to thank, don't we, Ty? We have a lot of folks to thank. There's a lot of people from Union South that uh, helped us uh, put this wonderful show together here. Uh, we'd like to thank Stephanie Diaz de Leon, Paul Broadhead of the Wisconsin Union, of course, the wonderful and intrepid Matt Rock. Oh, yes, Matt Rock. And uh, Dave Black of the best radio station in the entire world, Madison WSUM 91.7 FM. FM. Yes, indeed. And we'd also like to thank our management team at the Division of Information Technology, Perry Brunelli, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Kister, Jack Leepak, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Howie Mead, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. The Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Duet's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our Interim CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Joanne Berg. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates. Harrison Weber and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse, Jesse LeGrew. LeGrew. 
Join us next week. We're going to be talking about all of the great end of semester deals and all of the things you need to think about forwarding off your email and how to get prepared for the summer and perhaps your upcoming new career. So feel free to join us right here Thursday at 2 p.m. on 91.7 WSUM. I don't know. I